Time for another Super Movie Ball episode, and I'm here with my good pal, my buddy, my fellow movie nerd, Peter. Peter, what's going on, man? Hey, man, not a whole lot. Just uh, catching up with you again on another movie here. Yeah, I know. Hey, clarify something with me. Did we record last week? Was that last week, or was that two weeks ago? It was, I think, two weeks ago. Was uh, it? It was actually, yeah, it was two weeks ago to the day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember where that was last week <laughs> or two weeks ago. Uh, okay, th yeah, that's right. I couldn't get it. <laughs> I was having problems editing the last one, so that was that was good. Um, people, I'm very excited today because we have a, f a couple different firsts. And I was going back and I was looking through our meager episodes. I can't believe I've been doing this for this long and we haven't even hit 50 episodes, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Okay, but today, uh, we have not done... A movie of this type and we haven't done a movie from the 70s so we have to remedy that because i love kung fu movies like this classically bad 1970s kung fu movies they're just mm, they're so good and i love movies from the 70s i love dramatic movies from the 70s i love science fiction movies from the 70s and not just star wars even though technically star wars is a fantasy film but that's neither here nor there but what do you think about that? What do you think? Isn't that weird? Because I was looking through, and we did, John and I did a movie from 1969, hmm. but we haven't done a movie from the 70s. Do you think that's weird? It does seem a little weird. I mean, personally, I'm not huge on 70s films. I do make an exception for these kind of kung fu movies like this, like, you know, even Shaw Brothers and stuff like that. So I, I do agree with you on that. But I generally don't like the 70s vibe myself. <laughs> I can understand that because there's quite a few 70s movies. 70s movies, I don't know what was going on in the 70s, but everything moved very slowly. TV, if you go watch old TV shows, they're so slow. You watch 70s movies, man, they take their time. They show you like every little mundane thing that happens, and you're just like, all right, yes, I get it. You're lighting a cigarette. Get in the car. Go to the <laughs> place. Oh, we're, you're showing the whole trip from point a to point b so there's a, there's there are a lot of movies like that so i i definitely understand why you would be apprehensive about some movies but the movie we're talking about today which is fatal flying guillotine or guillotine however you want to pronounce it is okay with me um do you say guillotine or guillotine peter i say guillotine do you Just i say guillotine 
Mm-hmm. Ah, there we go. Just I don't know. I always heard thought it was French. So it I, is French. And, you know, it is so French. Gu- I'm pr- mispronouncing Gu- it right or wrong. But um, I, hey, whatever. I've heard it both ways my whole life. Just like I've said saying, it both so. ways. I've said guillotine yeah. and guillotine, but we're gonna say guillotine because I was calling it guillotine last night. But today feels right to say guillotine. If that says anything about me and where I'm hey, at. Whatever, man. It's your but, show. <laughs> <laughs> the fatal, it doesn't matter. Whatever you call it. It's awesome. So this uh, movie is awesome and it is uh, free on uh, the streaming service of Tubi, T-U-B-I, just like the last movie we watched. It is dubbed. I thought it was subbed, but it is dubbed. It's also free on YouTube under the Wu-Tang Collection channel, which is also dubbed. Don't know if it's the same version. Because we'll get into that. But hey, it's on there free and you can watch it. And there's no excuse not to to watch it. I watched it on Tubi. Um, what did what did you what did you Yeah, I watched it on Tubi as well. I, I would I would bet you the YouTube which you'll get into, I know, but uh, I bet you the YouTube di- version's slightly different. Probably. Yeah. Probably. So if you can't um this is another thing the cool thing about it being on Tubi is that another movie, Master of the Flying Guillotine, is also on Tubi, it's cr- nice. that's just <laughs> you got you got to check that one out too. Why not? So this is also listed as Fatal Flying Guillotines, plural. Don't know if you noticed that. Yep. There's no trailer, but I'm gonna give you a crash course in 1970s kung fu movies. Uh, if it's not a Shaw Brothers movies, it's made on the cheap, typically in the matter of a few days. Uh, they're all about revenge. And more specifically, this one is all about revenge, but has a very awesome and unique weapon. <laughs> Am I missing anything, Peter, from that? I think that covers <laughs> That's the rough, yeah, that's the rough. More of the plot later, but that's essentially all that you the, need to the know. The letterboxed They're... one, I won't read it, but the letterboxed description made me laugh because it starts out, those rascally Shaolin monks are at it again. I won't read the whole <laughs> thing, but I was like, seriously, that's the description. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. Uh, so th- it's interesting to know uh, that with these types of movies, um, uh, low budget 1970s kung fu flicks, they're they're so they're well known for a lot of different things. They have multiple titles, just like this one as the same movie. Uh, I'll give you an example. There's a, another movie from this era that I love called Mystery of Chess Boxing. Uh, it is also called Ninja Checkmate. So <laughs> both titles are app. But uh, and I own both on DVD because honestly, that's the another thing is that they even though <laughs> they're the same movie, they have different names. Uh, one movie has extra scenes or different scenes that the other movie doesn't. The splicing. It's kind. <laughs> it's kind of cool because it's it's like a a special edition version. But that's not always typically the thing. Sometimes it can have the different names, but it's the exact same movie. So there's one thing to note about these kinds of 1970s Kung Fu flicks. Uh, It has a credit montage of martial arts being demonstrated. It's very cool and gets you in the mood for all the fighting action. Um, You know, it's famous for generic and repetitive and often bizarre sound effects, hilarious dubbing and mistranslations, stolen music from other well-known Hollywood, not other, Hollywood films, but from Hollywood films, bad wigs, prosthetic facial hair, over-the-top and memorable characters. You don't go more than 10 minutes without there being a training sequence or a fight scene. Um, It's also heavily referenced by the hip-hop group known as Wu-Tang Clan. So that's, I mean, it's for the children, 
right? Of course. (laughs) And then just the unbelievable moments of violence, you know? Um, This doesn't go for all of the movies of this type, um, you know, for kung fu movies or martial arts movies from this era, uh, especially Shaw Brothers films. Shaw Brothers films tend to be a little bit more classy and more polished and and well done. But for the most part in theirs, too, when there is blood, it's it's like clearly red paint (laughs) just to throw that out there. Like people get hit and spew blood or something, but it's just it's clearly. Yeah, it's 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 hard for it to be too offensive because it just doesn't look all that great. But. Um, but for the most part, everything's exactly as I described. Uh, and oh, oh, here, here's the one most important thing. It always uh, ends abruptly with either end, the end, or the end in Chinese characters. That is funny, isn't it? They all and they go right up to the end. Like there's no end credits usually. You no. know that kind of thing. Like they just end, and that's the end of it. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess it's over. <laughs> that's it. And typically on a freeze frame. Yep. So, um, that's it, Peter. Did you have anything else to add? about the crash course that I just gave them in 1970s grindhouse style kung fu movie. Uh no, I don't think I think you covered it pretty well. I don't have anything really add to that. I've got a few other like notes about this one in particular, but not nothing generically about it. Yeah, we'll get into yep. the particulars of it. Right now we're going to pause for spoiler warning, so spew take that away. Also, ladies and gentlemen, last episode, we hadn't had an episode in 3 years, so I'm super rusty. I didn't mention spew. Uh spoiler protection edict widget our spoiler robot who does all the stuff. He does the trailers. He does the intro, the outro. He takes care of me. He makes me a sandwich. He, he tucks me in and tells me bedtime stories. I think Peter one time, like he took, he watched your uh, dogs one day. He, he oh, yeah. That. Yeah. He's yeah. really good. So we're going to pause for him. He's <laughs> going to do his thing. And then we're going to go. This alert is to inform all crew members that we are currently entering a spoiler zone. If you wish to avoid spoilers, please disembark now. Now it's time for the Fatal Flying Guillotine. Can't can't wait. I love <laughs> the names of these types of movies. <laughs> I love this. There's another movie that I love called um, Faster Blade Poisonous Darts. There's one called The Seven Grandmasters. They're just, they have such cool names. I don't know why. Like, the Fatal Flying Guillotine, how could you look at that title and not want to watch it? Exactly. Yep. I'll, I'll say I was a little... From the title, I was a little disappointed there wasn't more guillotine action. <laughs> Just to jump in, there was that some right restraint. <laughs> there was it was surprising how much. Restraint I mean, when it when was. it was used, it was really cool. But then you had there was like a long stretch through like the middle where I think we only saw it once. Like you see it at the beginning, you see it at the end, but then there's like just one time through the middle. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I mean, it's kind of it's you can you can liken it to the old school Star Wars where. Um, they didn't use the lightsaber effect because they didn't want to, it was really hard to like do it, to oh, do yeah. the effect. So he didn't use his lightsaber very often. So when he, when he brought it out, you knew he mean, he meant business, man. Makes sense. That makes so sense. So it's like, it's, uh, it's one of those situations where less is more. So that's, that's the way I look at it. But it, there was, it was pretty slim. It, it is such action. a ridiculous thing that, 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 I mean, it does make sense. Cause like I even I had made a note, like, what is, is this thing battery powered or what's the deal? <laughs> cause, okay, cause the so, okay. spinning. sorry, I know I'm jumping right into the guillotines, but you're talking about the title and it got me thinking about the guillotines. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the one thing that's important to note is that this one opens with a English text prologue, which is pretty rare this so it's very classy this movie is trying to be really super classy um it's also has a spoken prologue but unfortunately 
the spoken version doesn't match the text. Not at all. That <laughs> was funny. I was actually like, la- I was like, wait a minute. I'm, I paused it and then I read what was on the screen and then I unpaused it to let it play again so I could hear the what he was saying on the dubbing. And I'm like, okay, I mean, you're saying the same thing, kind of, but it's totally like different actual words, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just adds to the charm for me. All right, so here's the big question, Peter. This yep. is for people that they're at. They're like, what is what is a flying guillotine? What is it? It's like, I, you know, I, I genuinely wonder what they actually used as the model for it. But it's like a, uh, if you think of a hat, <laughs> like a, well, not, not quite a cowboy hat, like a tall bowler hat almost or something. And it fits over the head, but it's got spinning saw blades. <laughs> And I couldn't quite tell. Do they flip inside or are they on the outside and inside? Right, but so- that's the cool thing, too. It's du- it's duality because it can slice just from like flying past you like a Frisbee or something. But it can also land on your head and pull your head off. <laughs> <laughs> there, I dove I into it. Now, what do you want to say? <laughs> okay, so with, let's we have to break this down because it's the title of the movie. It is a major point in the movie it's it's a it's it's everything the whole movie is based around essentially so that you described it really really well <laughs> okay. i liked your description so it's basically like a cone-shaped bucket yeah a bucket that's there, on that that's on a, is that's on a rope or a pot or a bell or like a really big bell yeah like an old school bell but it's on a rope uh and there's two of them there's two of them so it's on a rope it has spikes on the outside for I would say intimidation and attacking reasons, these aren't like sharp spikes. They're just kind of like blunt trauma kind of it's like a circular saw kind of a thing. Well, I'm talking about on the on the on oh the, on the top. Uh, I know what you're talking on about. The, like on the side around the bell not, housing of it. Yes, not, not the exact, rim of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And so, so um, it's I <laughs> I call it for intimidation reasons. <laughs> uh, but uh, so essentially. What looks like a circular saw blade is on the bottom, uh, but it, it actually has like a big center, uh, an, an opening in the center, and uh, so that you know people's heads can you know fit through there. And then this is on the outside, and then so that's the outer bottom rim of the bucket, as it were. And then the inner bottom rim uh, has a complementary circular saw uh, okay. blade. So you think it had a second set? Okay. I couldn't quite yes. tell when I was looking so, at it. I'm like, what is it? Have? It's so, okay. So now this can be thrown with the rope at some distance or can be held by the hand, uh, at the base. And while it's thrown or flying, if you will, <laughs> the outer blades spin. And like, like Peter said, it can cut or damage you. And it's like varying stuff. So it could be like superficial damage or, or it can sever like a tree trunk or a tree limb or something like that or a post or something like that. But it can also, like if it hits you just right, it can cut like off of human appendages. And so, and then if it lands on your head, the like inner blades with the teeth, th- that's claiming your, that's claiming your head. Yeah. Clean, claiming clean off. <laughs> oh yeah. Clean as a whistle. <laughs> yeah. Not clean as, clean as, so clean. There's like hardly any blood. There's just blood on the stump. So I don't know if it's like, as it's spinning, it's uh, also sort of cauterizing. I don't know, but could be. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I had a question stupid. for you since you're talking about the workings of it. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. So, go ahead. Uh, and the, the the best thing about it was is that he had dual wielding ones 
like Darth Maul. So, you know, Darth Maul, eat your heart out. He <laughs> would hold them up by the base and they would spin. They yep. would spin in his hand in the base. So it was like really scary. So he would hold them up and be like, and just like, and they'd spin in his hand and he'd throw them. And they would actually like the, if you notice like the bucket or bell or whatever it is, or the hat it would go out there <laughs> on the rope and it would fly out, but it wouldn't spin. Just the blades would spin. So yeah, you know I, th- I, mean? I thought that so, was funny. Cause you're saying like throw it, but like, he doesn't even throw it kind of, he just like, he like sort of gestures out and they just fly straight away from him. <laughs> Cause they don't, it's not like they go in a big lobbing arcing like motion. Like if you throw uh-uh. a basketball, they go straight. <laughs> it's and like a heat seeking they... missile. <laughs> yes. And they just follow the people around and they're ducking and dodging and trying not to it's get awesome. their head, like just scooped <laughs> off or whatever. So does the mechanics of this even match up or work? Could it work in reality? No, no, not at all. There's no way. Because the, the thing about it is when it does land on somebody's heads, he like pulls on the rope, which makes you think like, oh, a tug could, you know, it activates the inner blades and then and then cuts it off. I'm like, how is it flying out there? How is it not just landing? How is it, you know what I mean? Because people are running in circles. They're serpentining. Like, trying to get so I, I assume based on like some of the the way these movies are is it's yeah. a te- technique that has to be learned. And he's making them do stuff just by holding the thing. So like even if somebody <laughs> else grabbed them, if they didn't know the technique, they're useless. Like they could just throw it. <laughs> but that's like it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's my you. assumption. So he's like the master of it. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, he he knows how to work it. <laughs> I mean, you either buy into it or you don't. Either way, it's it's. I feel it's pretty awesome. I mean, are, are, you, are you taking notes, people? Do you do you fully understand? <laughs> are you getting a, a visual picture, you know, or a mental picture in your mind, like of of how this thing uh, works? But did you notice this? So the flying guillotine. It's not really ever called the flying guillotine. They call it the lightning strike. Or the lightning strike technique. Yes. And so that's actually, I was trying to figure out what the other name was before this. So in the, uh, you, you referenced the English uh, title card thing at yes. the beginning. And at the end too, it calls it a bloody whirl mace. Ah, I did notice that. Yeah. Yes. So, so we get that, them but, called okay. flying guillotine, bloody whirl mace. And then through the whole movie, the dub at least is call is calling that his lightning strike technique. So it's like, it's got three uh, names through the whole movie. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, again, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And we're getting into the minutia of it, which is to me kind of fun, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, I just think it's funny that they don't even actually call it the flying guillotine. Yeah, like like right. verbally, they don't. They don't even. They don't even but they call title it that, it that way. <laughs> but it's yeah. great. Peter, do you have any notes about the plot? I don't expect you to have anything. Um, but do you have any notes just I, so people I can kind of? So, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so through the through the first thirty minutes or so, I was kind of like, "What is even going on?" It was like. <laughs> three or four separate stories as yeah, far as the storyline yeah like they didn't but then like about it was about halfway through they all of a sudden maybe 30 minutes through i don't know somewhere in there but they all of a sudden like converged together or merged together i should say and then like it was just a, it was a really odd uh storytelling choice and like you said i've seen it in a few other movies that kind of thing but like I had no idea what was going on. I'm like, what am I, what is even going on? But I did like that it moved right along. Uh, there was just, you touched on this at the beginning, uh, but it, there was always something happening. It was like, yes, you'd end a fight scene and then there'd be like, you know, maybe five minutes lull and then another fight scene. It's just like, holy cow, you know, it's like, what is going on? This thing is relentless. (laughs) That's what I love about these movies is that it's hard for you to, if it's, 
if you're getting bored by one of these movies, it's probably because you're watching one that's like the lower tier of, of these movies because they tend to move quickly. They don't waste your time. And if nothing else, it, you're, you're watching some good action or some crazy stuff is going, you know, great crazy stuff is going on. But I think, yeah, it was it's trying to converge. So basically the plot is uh, our hero, our main hero. And I forget his name. I never take down anybody's name. But our main hero guy, yep, he's got a sick mom. Yep, right. Well, you know what? You know what? Let's. Can, I'm just gonna. This is these. These. Are, I have lists on this episode. This is the list. So this is what we got. If I could just rapid fire these off. Sure. Um. So here's some common things and some unique things that are going on in this film. Some of these are common. Some of these are unique. We should probably play a game, but we didn't set this up, so we're not gonna do it. But, <laughs> um, uh, we've got uh, flying guillotines, plural, as we mentioned before. We have uh, traditional Imperial Guards. They've got the cone-shaped hats with the, you know, the tassels on them. We have Shaolin Monks. Yeah. What, what, what did you say? To the, the rascally? The rascally or wily, yeah, whatever they, they were called. Yeah. <laughs> Shaolin Monks. We, <laughs> we've got a sick relative or close friend, in this case a mother. Uh, we've got a high-class Chinese swordsman. we got a dangerous cave with deadly gas and falling rocks. Uh, we got uh, a Wing Chun dummy or a Kung Fu practice dummy. You've probably seen those. They're just kind of a wood uh, pillar with little cone-shaped things uh, off of them. Uh, just Google it um, if you're not driving. Uh, cheating to win a bamboo fight. or uh, fight. In this case, uh, there was bamboo armor. Uh, we have a mysterious hooded fighter. Poisonous starts, mind reading or thought projection at one point. There's some weird stuff going on there. Uh, I may have misread that, but I don't know. It seemed like uh, someone's saying, you stupid old fool. That that happens a lot in these movies. <laughs> yeah. Someone's like, you stupid old fool. You know, uh, we've got an evil ruler, governor, magistrate, clan leader, shifu, prince, king, emperor. But in this one, those are common things. In this one, we have both an evil shifu or master and an evil prince in this one uh and we have a uh what is a man what is clearly a man in just a wig no old makeup at all uh we have a maniacal laugh from the shadows or a hidden place uh blinded fighter using hearing to aid in fighting these are like super common things some of these things are unique and you'll have to watch it to find out but there was just so many and I guess you could, I hate using these words because everybody miss, like, not misuses, but overuses tropes. There's a lot of tropes. Sure. There, but there's a lot of common things that happen in these. But it, it's just, I mean, listen to all that. That This is, I'm not listing just common things <laughs> that happen in these types of movies. This is everything that happened in this movie. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So. No, that. Basically. That's true. That, that was a good list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I hate to list things off because it's no, kind of boring fine. to listen to. But uh, it, I just. <laughs> I knew there was gonna I've seen this movie so many times. I I knew I was like, you know what, I'm gonna make a list of everything that's <laughs> that's going on in this that's like stands out that's just or just how many times have we seen it in these movies? But basically we have a hero and he's got a sick mom and he's trying to get a uh manuscript or a manual or some sort of book to help her with her ailment to heal her. Yeah, it's like a whole, to, a holy book that the Shaolin monks have. That they have for healing, and he's trying to defeat the Shaolin monks so that they can give him the secrets to the book, because it's, it's, it's not something they readily give up. Right, yeah, like, it's if he can challenge them and beat them, they'll let him borrow it. He just has to bring it back. Exactly. It's like, like so, a weird library situation. <laughs> it's a weird library situation, and then 
there's like a bunch of other stuff going on. Very late in the game, there's the evil prince. Right. That's like that's revealed way late on. But there's people doing different schemes, and there's like a bunch of like double crosses in this. Um, that's happened. Uh, there's a. This is probably what this movie should have been called. It should have been called um the bad guy, our main bad guy, the guillotine guy. He says, "Don't you understand what?" no return valley means like, yeah i think that could have been yeah. another like an alternate title for this is no return valley yeah because that's Cause, well because each um so like the no return valley is where the the guy with the flying guillotines lives or whatever yeah and then the uh evil emperor and the shaolin monks have to like cross it to like do battle or see one another or whatever it, it seemed and then but they also the bad guy the emperor guy wanted to hire the flying guillotine guy by getting yes. the book, the medicine but the, book. But the book was stolen by an evil monk. Right. Oh, we have an evil monk too. Yep. Who takes a good That's crotch right. beating. <laughs> <laughs> I had a note about that. I was like, wow, that was one good crotch beating. <laughs> he takes a huge crotch that and that's heck that's another trope that shows up in these was like that iron crotch thing that they do where they'll stand off funny and then like people just beat the crap out of their crotch and it's like seen that youtube video it's on social media where that shaolin monk is just getting kicked repeatedly in the crotch this is like a modern video no it's from the past like 10 to 15 years or something. oh no no Oh my goodness, it's exactly like that. And everybody's like, why is he doing that? I'm like, that's just the thing they do, man. That's it's just the thing. Yeah, one of the Shaw Brothers movies, I can't remember which one it is, but one of them opens cuz like over the op- over the opening credits on a lot of Shaw Brothers movies, they'll show like people like doing like their uh like showing off like their kata kind of stuff or whatever. And uh one of the guys is um he's like they're fighting and then he does that like stance thing and the guy's like trying to kick his crotch real hard but then he uses his crotch and grabs the guy's foot and just starts dragging him across the ground (laughs) isn't that great yes that happens quite a bit too that happens a lot too yeah and then there's one um i think it's the it's not the mystery no it's it's called invincible armor is the name of this movie but there's a specific crotch attack in that and there's a (laughs) there's the way that this guy he like avoids the crotch attack. That's all I will say. I, that's also one of my favorites. Um, and see, uh, listener, if you're not convinced to start watching more kung fu movies, if you haven't seen these, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you've got spinning guillotines, crotch attacks, evil monks. I mean, it's got everything <laughs> you could, you could absolutely want. But let me get see if I get this straight because I forgot about the <laughs> the evil monk. He steals. Uh, okay, so our main hero finally gets the book, the magical book, not a magical book, but the healing book right. to save his mom. And uh, it gets stolen, right? It gets stolen by the evil monk. Well, not exactly. He, The good guy, our, our hero guy, gets it, but it's a forgery. Oh, that's right. Because the evil that's monk right. already stole it and had yes. given them, a, replaced it with a forgery. Yes, that's right. Because yeah. he does everything in the in the book. But the evil and monk. His mom still dies. So after the hero guy gets the book and he's on his way back to to his sick mom, that the evil monk tries to attack him on his way back so that they yes. don't find out that the book's a forgery. I think is the idea. And he has that hilarious fall, which he's apparently okay with <laughs> in the next scene. Yeah, that was funny. 
<laughs> that was like a 300 foot fall or probably more like falls off a cliff <laughs> like what <laughs> into well there's like a tiny waterfall but it's not like a huge one where he would splash down in a pool of water there was it was probably like six inches of water because it was just like a trickle of a waterfall that right he fell into he fell into like the yeah it wasn't like little... niagara falls or anything no here. he fell into like a <laughs> creek but it was barely even a creek uh, it was a dummy but you know that got no it was up, it I'm sorry. Anyway, he's dead now. That was the last scene they shot. It just cuts and it's like in the memory of uh, Fatal Flying Guillotine Hero. Sorry, got off the rails there. Go ahead. Yeah, well, this movie gets off the rails. It's it's kind of crazy. I mean, so the our bad guy, like he he at one point he forgets his guillotines because he's it's it's really it should be guillotines is correct because he's got two of them. Uh, but he forgets them somewhere, and at one point he's fighting without them, and he's killing people without them. And then at one point there's a uh, a 3D shot. Did you notice that where the guillotines come straight at you? Like oh, I didn't even I, you know I'm I didn't even register that, but I I can remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like at one point, yeah. it, well, it specifically like looks like a what do you call it a uh, like a just like a 3D movie where it's like ooh, yeah, it's like ooh, like the POV thing where it's coming yeah straight at POV you. where it's like they were coming, which is actually kind of cool I don't know if this was in 3D but that shot was definitely like 3D <laughs> I thing, doubt it but... was <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing to note uh, was the way the Imperial Guards they figure out a way to stop the uh, they have a contraption to stop the guillotines and it's sort of like a a, a sleeve. Uh, what do you call those things? Um, a sleeve gun where like, you know, in Westerns, like this thing doesn't exist. It's like a made up thing, but in Westerns, like somebody has a Derringer up their sleeve. Yeah. With like a mechanical they, like, slide thing. And they, and it pulls up and it flops out in the wrist right in the hand and they can pull, you know, just like one little move and boom, the gun goes yeah, uh, up their sleeve into their hand. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, but taxi driver Travis Bickle didn't he have one exactly yeah. like it activates so they have something but it's more it they bend their arm and it comes out at the elbow and so they use this thing that comes out at the point of their uh, elbow to like lock up the guillotine because there's two of the guards and they do the elbow contraption thing and it like locks up the 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 guillotines and so the <laughs> bad guy is like confused and they're fighting with the bad guy. This is this is okay. So this is another thing. I I can't even conclude that because also at the same time, there's a I don't know if he's a magistrate or like a royal messenger. Yeah. But you think he's dead and he's not dead, but he's got the book. Right. He was trying to convince the guillotine guy to come work for the evil prince or emperor or whatever he was. I thought they said prince, but I could be wrong. So all that's going on. In the meantime, our hero is there as well, right? Or did he not get there yet? Uh, he shows up after those guards basically lose their fight, even though they had. But the they're not. They're well. The one isn't dead. The one is dead. Yeah. And did yes. you notice who? I I gotta say real quick. Did you notice who one of those guards is? He's uncredited in the movie. No. Oh, it's Yoon Bu. Is it really? Yeah. So, I didn't see his face. And it must have been Corey the one Yoon that died. is in it as well, and he's not credited either. But he was one of the guards in the tree with the net when they like throw the net down on the guys. So anyway, he had it's two net and it's two tiny. very big names in this that uh, were uncredited. So just funny. 
No, I did not notice that. It was a, it had to be the one that died almost immediately. Correct. Not not the guy that ended because, up coming back alive. Like, yeah, because I definitely whatever. would have recognized him. Because yeah. that's another. UMBO is amazing. Um, we should probably talk about one of his movies too. Like, uh, honestly, Iceman that cometh is probably one that. Yeah, I've got comes the I've got the Vinegar Syndrome re-release. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Man, I love that movie. I can't it's remember so if it's good. 4K, but it's at least a Blu-ray. If it's not, but yeah. Oh man, that I I actually. That's one of my favorite. I have a lot of favorites of his, but that's one of my favorites. Yeah. But, uh, not to get too far off track. Anyway, but sorry. There's just a lot going on, but yeah. our hero is actually... Wait. Yeah, he's the only one at first that escapes the No Return Valley in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but first, uh, to go along with what Peter said, it's hard to know what's going on uh, in this movie because there's just so much it hits you and yeah. it, it's it's spliced up in a weird way that's why i'm like getting confused because like wait did this happen at this moment or did this happen at that it's really not important all you need to know is that people's heads are flying <laughs> off uh there's kung fu people are getting kicked in the face and the crotch and everywhere else and i thought this movie looked pretty good for being on tubi so there i were sp- that's... there were spots that it got to be like low tv well, broadcast that did you notice why in. So I didn't notice why. So this is my I theory. I, I this is what I've known from uh, <laughs> since I am a Vinegar Syndrome subscriber. They give uh, this warning for a bunch of their movies, where they the best master that they could find, master copy of the movie to restore mm-hmm. or to clean up, had like things cut out of it, and so they had to revert to like VHS copies and insert the VHS copies. So that's like so. What this was was the my theory. I don't know this as fact. My theory is the original master that they cleaned up for this that does genuinely look good. It didn't have any of the gore, like all of the um, or I, I guess I shouldn't call it gore because it's not that bad. But it's like it had all of the the, the more violent parts. Yeah, the bad violence was all taken out, and so they whoever put this together, the version that's on Tubi, they spliced in from a lower quality because like the version that we were watching was in widescreen but then it would cut to full screen like splice ends but it was only whenever there was like bad violence so that must have been cut out of the master that they used and they spliced it back in yeah i i I mean that makes sense it looked like tv stuff like because i've seen stuff spliced in from like an un not a not a negative but like a I don't know. I've seen stuff placed <laughs> in from, from VHS. Yeah. But it didn't look like VHS to me. It looked like they had gotten it from, like, somebody had recorded it off of TV. I mean, I guess it maybe was VHS, but... Yeah, I mean, old VHS I, I at this point is going to probably look that way. <laughs> yeah. But Either yeah. way, the it only happens towards the right. end. Because that's a when, lot of like, violence. a lot of people start <laughs> yeah. dying. Yeah, a lot of people start dialing because everything's coming to a head. Because there's essentially, like, Three parties involved. There's the main bad guy, who's the uh, guillotine guy. There is the imperial people, you know, with the evil monarch. And then we have uh, the Shaolin monks, who are on basically like a, a journey of justice. They want to get the book back, but they also, they're also aware of the guillotine guy and the imperial guy. So it's... And then the hero aligns himself with the monks because... He keeps trying to challenge. He challenges the monks like three times, I think, before he actually gets the book. Or it's 
two or three times. Yeah. And yeah, he finally beats the guy and then they loan him the book. But then it basically the concoction he makes out of the forged book kills his mother. So then he, he joins yes. up with the Shaolin monks once he realizes they were duped. So he tries helping them to get revenge because he wants to get revenge for his mother, too, basically. So yes. he doesn't mind helping them out. I think I, I yeah. that was what I got from it, at least. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, again, I've seen this movie multiple yeah. times, and I know a lot of people are like, how have you seen this and you don't know what happens? It's like, well, it just like throws a lot at, at you. And you really you don't watch these movies for the yeah. plot because they're all essentially the same. You know, and I know it sounds boring, but it's you're watching it for the action. It's kind of like PM Entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> watch them for the car. You're not watching it car wrecks. <laughs> exactly. You know. Yep. Uh, and that's what you're watching. So uh, overall, did you think like the action was pretty good, like the choreography and all the action? It got better and... as the movie went on. Through the beginning, yeah. uh, the opening stuff, I didn't. I thought it was a little cheesy so when he's first it opens with like the fight scenes of him uh, our hero guy challenging the Shaolin monks to try to get that book and yeah. some of that was a little like it was it was fine but some of it was like you could just see like people would like throw a punch and then like hesitate and then they would get hit back like like the choreography was super <laughs> obvious and then it was sped up a whole yeah, bunch it's... I don't know if you saw that too they sped it up at a bunch of parts and it would start doing like the fast motion kind of thing. And it was like, Ugh. yeah, that's pretty common as well. When I, they, sh they shoot these so just quickly, man, just quick and yeah. dirty. Um, cause they, they make a, they have, there's just so oh, yeah, they're not doing multiple takes. Of movies. Oh no, they're not doing multiple takes. So they do choreography more than likely from some, there's not a whole lot of behind the scenes on this stuff, but, uh, it's on the spot. And, so, yeah, they do speed up a lot, and sometimes there's a lot of cuts yeah. to make the action work. So, yes, I did see all of that. But, but but I did like the action as it went on. I thought it got better. And then, like, by the end, when they're splicing in all the, all the you know, violent shots, um, it, it definitely was fun. And, uh, you know, once the guillotines came back out again towards the end, too, that was fun. But, you know, the, the big yeah. thing was it was like, okay – you could get bored with the plot if you're just not into it or whatever else, I guess. But, um, the, there was always something going on, which was cool. So, you know, it didn't have any like dramatic lulls really not for any more than a couple minutes at a time at least. And so, it, it, you know, it, it just kept moving. So, yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. Did you have any, no, it, it definitely, uh, is brisk. Yeah. It's brisk. And, and uh, did you have anything else that you, that's basically what I wanted. I yeah. just wanted to talk about, these types of movies and um, just kind of the cool highlights of this movie. Cause like you said, it, it, we can go blow by blow on the plot, but it, no, really it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. yeah. They did. Honestly, they didn't put that much. Into it, so <laughs> well, and I think like at least touching on it a little bit like this, so that if you do, you know, if we, if we want to talk about these again, or if you talk with somebody else about them again, you've, you've at least already laid a little groundwork here on some of it for, for, for the uninitiated, for, for the folks that may, may be oh, interested in absolutely. it. So, um, Absolutely. But uh, the only other little thing I was going to say, and this could has the potential to turn into a bigger thing, but we can keep it brief um, in regards oh. to what you were saying about the quality looking good um, overall yeah. for this. I, I agree. Overall, it looked overall. great. It looked fantastic. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like the thing that I want to go with from that, though, is I almost think that's to its detriment. It's cool that they restored it and that it looks pretty good. But now you can and it, this adds a little different charm to it but now you can see all the terrible wigs you can see all the like it, like everything looks bad like it looks cheap i guess i should say and my only little problem with that is uh 
growing up, like back in the day before everybody started restoring these kind of things and all that kind of yeah. thing, they looked crappy. You got like the crummy little like VCD copy or a VHS copy. And they had like artifacts yeah. on them and like cigarette and you, burns. But you also couldn't see, like you could tell they were wearing wigs. I'm not going to say like it was passable hair, but like it didn't look that bad. Like you didn't think about it. But like now yes. with them cleaned up, you do kind of think about it. And for some movies, um, I would just to go back to this again with some of the vinegar syndrome movies that I've gotten in that are cleaned up and they look fantastic. It kind of takes something away from some of them, not all of them. Some of them, it adds stuff too to be that cleaned up. It looks cool. But then other ones I could almost argue like some Kung Fu movies like this. Part of the charm was watching that gritty, nasty looking crummy copy you got from some flea market or something like there was a charm to that. Uh, I don't know. So I'm not going to say it's bad or good. I'm not really taking a side. I'm just saying it's different. And I, I didn't know if you had thoughts on that. And I, again, we don't, we can keep it kind of brief. We don't need to go into a whole deep dive on it, but well, first off, you don't have to keep bragging that you have vinegar syndrome. I know. I keep bringing it up. I'm much. sorry. <laughs> I'm I know. I'm joking. Uh, dude, it's I'm just, joking. it felt relevant joking. to a lot of what we were talking about. Vinegar here. Syndrome Cause I've, I've doing... learned from them about some of the restore process. They don't even really restore. They just uh, rescan and clean. You know, they do a little bit of touch up work on some movies, but it is actually really fascinating. And uh, you tell me all kinds of cool stuff and it's great. And vinegar syndrome is doing some really great work. They're, they're bringing, they're cleaning up a lot of films that deserve to be, um, re, you know, restored and revisited, um, yeah. revisited and made available in the best possible way. I think I agree. It does take away a bit of the charm. Uh, but as far as like just flat out watching it, because you, you know, if you're watching this kind of movie, you kind of have to just overlook certain oh, sure. things, um, and just say, eh, just go on with it. But it is distracting when. You get a close up, and you can see that it's. Clearly you can see the glue, or whatever. You can see the glue and the little hash mark where it's, where the glue is being affixed, um, to the skin. Yeah. And uh, I mean, <laughs> it's. I mean, I understand exactly what you're saying. I don't know if it takes away from anything okay. to me, it, because this is, and I do. I use food analogies a lot when it comes to these kinds of movies. This isn't. This isn't tiramisu. You know what I mean? This is an apple pie from McDonald's. This is a zebra cake. This is whatever cheap treat that you like. You know, as long as it's sweet and, man, it really tastes good. It's not good for you. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things, you know, you're not going to be like, oh, man, the, the mouth feels all wrong on this. And, you know, there's too much sugar in this it should be more balanced and and not quite as sweet you know you you're not going to analyze it too much cuz you're not paying $40 for it at some high end restaurant but to your point to your point part of these movies you know are the charm the time in which they were made how they were made and i agree watching some of these I still have a, a lot of these on VHS. Shout out to Media Play, if you guys or anybody remembers that place. <laughs> yeah. It's great because those, and some of those are on YouTube <laughs> that somebody just uploaded. You get those artifacts on there, and the quality's really low, and there's like weird lines where it was cut wrong, or there was like something wrong with that particular print. And, you know, there's cigarette marks in the corner to let you know the real needs changed all that stuff is in there and it's low quality and you don't really need that much quality because this was shot for efficiency and disposable entertainment essentially so there is that thing so i i 
I know I'm being wishy-washy on it, but part of me is like, you know what? I do like the restored one, even though <laughs> this one's not fully restored. I do like the higher quality because, you know, I have a nice so, TV, and, so it is nice to see it. But then on the other hand, I'm like, ah, it needs to be a little bit more. So dirty, here's a little bit and more. Here's what, so I agree with you. I think it's cool to that like people like you and I can know these kind of movies. We we know that experience of what they used to look like and stuff. My, I don't want to say this as a worry or a concern or the kids are missing something. But anybody new coming into these, think of a you know some. 15 16 year old kid that decides he wants to watch some wu-tang stuff you know or whatever uh <laughs> which is cool that's awesome but then if they turned on a version like this they're gonna be like these are kind of like i don't know i don't get it or something potentially just because it is so cleaned yeah. up because they're just they're they're not getting the same experience i'm not gonna say it's a worse experience i don't want to make that claim and i'm not gonna claim it's a better experience i'm just gonna say it's a different experience and i i feel like people could either come into it and be like i don't know why are these like wu-tang clan why are these guys obsessed with these movies why'd they make all these songs i don't get it but it's like and i'm not gonna say that they're against this either and i'm not saying that it would change anything for them but like there was a charm to getting those old crummy copies like you were describing Certainly. So, Certainly. I, again, I, I'm being wishy-washy like you are. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not well, saying it's good. I'm just saying it's a different experience. It's a different experience. Um, but I think if you Googled it or you just went on YouTube and you typed in, uh, you know, Fatal Flying Guillotine that wasn't the Wu-Tang Collection channel on the, the Wu-Tang Collection channel and it was just some random, you know, uh, arena 443 or whatever yeah, on youtube some, some bootleg it. upload <laughs> some bootleg upload that looks terrible you'll get that you'll get that same experience because it'll be a clean upload from that vhs copy that we probably watched growing up it's funny that you should mention this um uh it's time for a sidebar Objection! there is a discussion that's going on about video games it's sort of the same thing so there's a lot of remakes going that are happening right now, and there's a lot of re-releases of games. Yeah. So there's certain games that are from uh, the 8-bit, 16-bit era, you know, so NES, Master System, Genesis, Super Nintendo, blah, 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 um, or Mega Drive if you're in Europe or Japan. Um, so th people are arguing, well, no, we want the original, you know, just do a, a perfect emulation right. of the original game. Yes. And other people are like, no, do a pixel remake. So it's got like it's upgraded, updated effects yeah. and it's a little cleaner and it looks good on an HD TV. Right. And, uh, you know, maybe fix the dialogue <laughs> a little bit and about, you know, depending, and this is mostly on, cause I follow a lot of RPG stuff, but you know, just do that. And other people are like, no, I'm the purist. I, I want the original experience. And it's not just old people like me that are like, I want the original. Younger people are like, no, I want to experience it the way it was meant to be experienced. Sure. And then, you know, there's people that are my age that are like, no, I already experienced that. Give me the HD one so I can play it on my nice big TV, yeah. you know, because I still want to play this game. So it's an interesting discussion yeah, yeah. about something that's, you know, not completely different, but totally different. But this discussion is happening. Yeah, because um, I could and, and uh, I could see the same argument things. that you're saying there that I was just saying for this. I'm not saying one's better than the other. Like, maybe you know, no. that cleaned up version could be awesome to play on a 4K TV. And the, the original version has a charm to it and everything. It's just that the experiences are different, which I know is what you're getting at, too. But, yeah, it's it's interesting yeah. that. Well, it's just an yeah. interesting discussion, sure. you know, because for those 
pixel remakes for video games um you know the aspect ratio is going to be different so it's like well you're going to have quote unquote the bars on the side and blah blah right. blah so it's it is interesting it's interesting to think about interesting to talk about i think uh, it's like what way do you experience right. it you know not to take it back to star wars but it's it's like well which one do you watch do you watch the original or do you watch a special edition like okay do you watch them in order or the release you know so because we're basically sort of talking about the same thing like how what way are you going to experience this thing? Are you going to experience the way it was originally done, or are you going to get the new fangled one and and whatever? I say watch both. Yeah, well, and, and there <laughs> and are valid cases where the artist, whoever's made it, like whether it be a video game or a uh, movie, but I know this has happened with movies where they didn't mind changing some stuff because they said, if I had had the technology at the time, I would have done it this way. I like it this way, right. and this is my you know, intellectual property. So I want it this, I, I, this is the presentation I want to put out there. So it's like, all right, sure. fair enough. I mean, that kind of sucks. Cause like you said, everybody's experience and how they actually, you know, experienced it or, or were introduced to it is still valid. Yeah. But like, if the artist says, well, I would have, ra- I actually do want to clean this one thing up. I was never happy with that. It's like, uh, I can see that argument too. That's fair enough. So yeah, it's their work. So no, it's, it's a, it's a very, Sorry, um, really <laughs> we got off topic a little bit. <laughs> no, it's a really good point to bring up because we, I mean, we were talking about that, yeah. but um, thank you for actually bringing that up. That's something, people, some food for thought there, and uh, that's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. Was there anything else that no, you wanted to- I promise that was it. Actually, about? we covered all the points on all the notes I had, so I pre- appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know I talked a lot <laughs> on this one, and I- and I I like it to be 50-50, but this one I was pretty passionate no, about. Cool. Mostly because, like I said, not something that we had talked about before, which is surprising. I'm like, this is my podcast, and we haven't talked about a kung fu movie from the 70s. <laughs> What's going on? That is so, funny. Uh, but So, Peter, would you recommend Fatal Flying Guillotine? Uh, it's... I would have to say it depends on the person, but yes, I mean, it's a recommended movie, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's not going to be for everybody, you know, it's one of those, which I, I know mm. that's kind of a stupid thing to say, I guess. Cause when I think about it, it's like, you could say that about anything, but, um, you know, <laughs> sure. if you like action stuff and you're into some older stuff, uh, it definitely doesn't have, in my opinion, it doesn't have the negative things about seventies movies in it. These are exceptions. If oh, I could yeah. say that, like, yeah. you know, it's got yeah. cool colors. It's got the slightly better music. Not that the music's ever like great in these, but it is kind of fun. Like you said, sometimes it's a little cheesy. No. It's something stolen from something else. Anyway, so it, it doesn't have those those what I would call problems with a lot of 70s movies. Um, so, yeah, these these are fun. Uh, I thought this was a. I, I wouldn't say this is a great example. This is I personally would probably call this middle of the road from for my for my tastes and from what I've seen. Um, I still enjoyed it. There's a lot of craziness. There's a lot of weird stuff. It's worth seeing if you like this kind of stuff and you haven't seen it. But this, I don't know that this is like a great, I hate to say it, but I don't know if this is a great first movie for somebody who is interested in getting into Kung Fu. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I would say, heck yes, I would (laughs) recommend this Um, just because it's so unique. It's fun. It's exciting. It is a, to me, a stone cold classic. Um, if you're not into martial arts movies, you're not a fan. This isn't your gateway movie. So I agree with you. This is not a gateway okay. movie to get people involved. Um, if you like highly polished, stylized, or more modern martial arts movies, this is probably not for you either. You know what I mean? Um, like, okay, so what we just talked about, um, 
the Iceman Cometh or something like that. This is not right. that. That Iceman Cometh is awesome. <laughs> that's a, that's a great movie. That's a great martial arts movie. It looks like a movie. You know, these movies <laughs> barely feel like movies. Yeah, sometimes. You know, I love I love them so much, but they're they're very low production. It's like a quality version Uh, of uh, some kids making a film in their backyard. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But here's the thing about it. Um, It's only 80 minutes. That's the equivalent of five episodes of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. So what's your excuse? What's your excuse? now? There you go. That's a solid argument. (laughs) All right, man. That's all I had. Thanks for listening to me yammer on about a movie that's not high quality. There, there, maybe we should, maybe that's one thing we can do is talk about a movie that is a good gateway movie for this style of movie. Yeah. Because I agree. The only thing that makes this stand out is is the obvious thing, which is the flying details. There's that. I There was enough, because like you listed off some other things. I think there's enough little crazy weird plot points, even just the whole like, what is going on sometimes? It's, oh, it's the kind snakes. Of we didn't even mention the yeah, snakes. Yeah, there's the, the, what, basket of snakes or bag of snakes, whatever it was at the end. <laughs> But yeah, there's there's enough like weird, interesting, funny things to keep you engaged, I think. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. I, I don't know. We'll have to do it. But I would say um, we mentioned uh, Master of the Flying Guillotine. I think that's a better mm-hmm. uh, type of film of this. Not 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 just 70s kung fu movie but also it had the movie that has a flying guillotine and i think that's a better version it's all also on tubi we may talk there you about go it. we may not i don't know you'll just have to keep listening to super movie ball thank you for listening to super movie ball thank you to peter always thanks coming for on having talking me about yep. this appreciate it and uh peter's anything else you want to say to the good kind people no thanks guys uh just yeah let us know what you think of it let mac know and uh we'll hopefully catch you in another episode if he has me back yeah absolutely <laughs> follow me on twitter or respond to me and tell me how much you hate the show and I'm stupid uh, or I'm awesome. Either way, whatever you want to do. Uh, I didn't mention this last time, but thank you to Zaku for my introduction and my outro music. It's amazing. A lot of people tell me that listen to the podcast that they're like, what is that music? I'm like, go check them out. There's links um, on my Twitter page or you can Google Zaku. Z-A-K-K-U. Um, thank you for that. And thank you for listening as always. My guys, gals, and goonies, we'll see you next time.
That's you all patched up, Magoonie. Good as new. Thank you, sir. Might I take the liberty to point out that you have plenty of entertainment fuel for the podcast, but you have no foodstuffs readily available. What? I'll be fine. Don't worry too much. It's your turn to patch me up now. Although, strangely, my head doesn't hurt anymore. Sir, your head does not require patching up. Really? Good. That's one less thing off our ever-growing to-do list. I am afraid not, sir. Your head has been transmogrified into a VHS cassette tape. Wait, so my head's what? There is some good news, sir. It appears to be a 12-hour tape. For real? Oh, wow. For once, things are looking up. 